0: Well, hello there and welcome to the Talk About Talk podcast. Today, I'm gonna to help us answer an important question. Is it okay to swear at work? Hmm? Recently, I had a consult, a short virtual introductory meeting with a prospective client. Let's call her Candace. I immediately liked Candace. I could tell she was incredibly ambitious, super smart, and very keen to boost her communication skills. She also had what you could call a strong personality. I noticed also that she swore, like a lot, like not just, oh God, or WTF. She was dropping F-bombs. At one point in our conversation, I even made a joke about this, mentioning that as a communication coach, I have to highlight that you're using profanity excessively, particularly compared to most of my executive clients. Her response was basically, well, I'm gonna talk the way I'm gonna talk. Okay. After Candace hired me to help her with her communication skills, I spoke with her manager. I often do this so I can get a better feel for where the real opportunities are for my clients. Her manager told me that Candace has got to stop swearing. Her colleagues and her clients all find it offensive. The good news here is that Candace immediately agreed that she's gonna make this change and she's done so. Every now and then in one of our coaching sessions, she'll let one slip, but then she always has a big smile on her face and she apologizes. So at least she's become very aware of it. This experience with Candace and her manager and specifically with what her manager told me about how her clients and colleagues were so offended with her profanity, really got me thinking about the impact of profanity at work. Last month, I ran an informal poll on LinkedIn with a simple question, do you swear at work? And I provided only two possible answers, yes or no. I figured that most people do swear, just a little bit, but I wanted to force them into a yes or a no answer. Then again, of course, there's the snippy comment made by my friend Hilton Barber, the culture expert, who said, I was hoping one of the options would be yes, Mm mm-hmm. Anyway, the results of this poll surprised me. Of course, it's not scientific, but can you guess what the proportion was that said no and what proportion said yes? Well, let me tell you. 63% of the respondents to this LinkedIn poll said, no, they do not swear at work. And 37% said, yes, they do. So it's more like two thirds and one third. Apparently, only a third of us ever swear at work? Hmm. Now, in this episode, I'd like to help us answer another question. And the question is, is it okay to swear at work? Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 149, where I'm going to help us answer the question, is it okay to swear at work? I'm gonna take you through some myths about profanity, and then I'm gonna take you through the benefits and advantages of swearing at work. Yes, there is academic research that I'm gonna share with you that highlights the specific pros and cons, and then we'll all be in a better position to evaluate whether it's okay to swear at work. First though, let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Andrea Wojnicki, and I'm your executive communication coach. Please call me Andrea. I'm the founder of Talk About Talk, where I coach communication skills to ambitious executives like you so I can help you elevate your communication, your confidence, and your clarity so you're going to get noticed and you can accomplish your career goals. If you go to the TalkAboutTalk.com website, you'll find many resources there to help you out. There's information about one-on-one coaching with me, online courses, amazing boot camps that I run every few months, corporate workshops, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast, and I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter. That newsletter is your chance to get free communication coaching from me every week. Okay, let's talk profanity. A few years ago, I interviewed Professor Darren Flynn from the University of Calgary. Darren is in the linguistics department. He teaches a course on rap lyrics. And as you might imagine in that course, he gets into profanity a lot. If you want to learn a lot more about profanity from a linguistics perspective, I encourage you to listen to Talk About Talk, episode 23. There are actually two versions of this episode. One where you're going to hear a lot of profanity, and another version where it's all cleaned up. You get to choose. By the way, this episode is clean. I am not going to swear. All right. So I learned a lot from Professor Darren Flynn. We spent a lot of time talking about how, for example, How fascinating it is that the words that come out of your mouth, literally the sounds that we make with our lips and our tongue and our cheeks and our teeth and our breath combine to form different sounds and how we as humans create associations and social meaning around these sounds. And some of those sounds become profane. Over the years, profanity has served different purposes. For example, over the centuries and the decades, profanity in the form of cursing the deity and cursing gods was considered the worst, most profane language. There's also words for urine and excrement. Turns out that's for a good reason. Things need to be kept cleaned up or they might kill us, right? Then there's profanity associated with our bodies. This again could include our urine and excrement, but also our sexual organs and sexual intercourse. Yeah, I'm talking about the F-bomb. And more recently, Professor Flynn pointed out that these days, the most profane, the most offensive words in the English language are the ones that are derogatory to minorities. In fact, those are the words that Professor Flynn himself refuses to say under any circumstance. Think about the N-word or the C-word. And consider for a moment, we now live in a society where these words that denigrate racial and gender minorities are the most profane. Isn't that wonderful? The worst possible things you can say, the most profane expressions are derogatory towards minorities. I love that. It makes me feel optimistic. So anyway, I encourage you to listen to this interview. But if you're really interested in profanity, let me tell you this. After I had a conversation with Darren Flynn, I started thinking about profanity much more objectively. These words are just arbitrary sounds coming out of our mouths, right? And I started swearing more often. A lot more often. I was fascinated to see people's responses. I was also fascinated to see how quickly people around me joined in. As we know, swearing is contagious. Everyone in my house was swearing. So I remember a few weeks after my interview with Professor Flynn, I was thinking... Enough! We had gone way overboard and it's not acceptable. So we implemented the swear jar. You swear, you owe a loony. Amazing how quickly the swearing stopped. Nowadays, my mantra is, save it for when you need it. I say that a lot to my teenage kids. And now I say the same thing to my coaching client, Candace. And here we are. Let's talk about the myths associated with profanity. People have a lot of misconceptions about swearing. And I'm gonna group these myths into three main things. Yes, of course, three. The first myth is swearing doesn't relieve pain. Wrong. Contrary to this myth, research has shown that swearing can actually help you tolerate pain. The emotional release that comes from swearing can provide you with temporary relief from pain. Okay, good to know. Number two, swearing is always harmful or negative. No! Swearing can be harmful or negative, but can also express excitement, surprise, solidarity, camaraderie. It can express emotional release. And in some cultures, I mean like country cultures or possibly corporate cultures, profanity can be a harmless way of expressing strong emotions or relieving stress. The third myth is a common one that I want to correct right now. It's this. Swearing indicates a limited vocabulary and or a low IQ. Wrong and wrong. People who use swear words often have a robust vocabulary. They choose to use swear words for their emotional impact or as a form of expression. And swearing is not inherently linked to intelligence. Swearing can be a strategic tool for emphasis or to convey strong emotions. And it's not limited to any particular level of vocabulary or intelligence. So, the next time someone brings up one of these myths, like how profanity doesn't relieve pain, or it's always harmful or negative, or that it indicates a limited vocabulary or IQ, you know better. You're welcome. Now, I'm excited to share with you the academic research on profanity. This research spans across many disciplines, including psychology, linguistics, neuroscience, cognitive studies, business studies, the social sciences, and cultural studies. I'm gonna draw on two main papers that I found that specifically look at the impact of profanity in the workplace. There's a paper from a couple years ago called Swearing at Work, the Mixed Outcomes of Profanity in the Journal of Managerial Psychology. And there's a paper from about 10 years before that called Swearing at Work and Permissive Leadership Culture When Antisocial Becomes Social and Incivility is Acceptable. This is in the Leadership and Organizational Development Journal. I'm gonna leave links to both of those papers, which are available as PDFs in the show notes. Okay, let me start by saying that there is absolutely not a singular answer to the question of whether it's okay to swear at work. But what this research does is clearly define in a disciplined way, the impact of profanity, the specific pros and cons. If you're like me, you're gonna end up a little bit surprised to learn about some of the pros or advantages of using profanity. Let's start there. The advantages or positive impacts of using profanity at work. Based on my reading of this research, is that there are four general benefits of swearing at work. These include establishing a positive, fun culture, social bonding, stress relief, and identity formation. So first, establishing a fun, permissive corporate culture. One of the research papers concluded that leaders are faced with a choice, or really a continuum, of where to place their corporate culture, ranging from the most permissive to the most authoritative. The most authoritative culture could mean an all-out ban on profanity. The alternative, a much more fun culture, could be more permissive. The question is, how much profanity to permit? And the interesting point here is that employees may equate the level of profanity in the workplace with a more permissive and fun culture. The paper concludes that the challenge for leaders is mastering the art of knowing when to turn a blind eye to norms in communication that do not conform to their own standards. Second, there's plenty of research that highlights the social benefits of profanity in the workplace. Positive outcomes of swearing at the group level include an increased sense of belonging, mutual trust, group affiliation, bonding, cohesion and solidarity. They also talked in a social context about the connection between swearing and humor, where employees may use profanity in a quote-unquote humorous way to develop friendships at work. It's not surprising to learn, also, that language varies in different subgroups. So imagine, for example, a group that was highlighted in one of the research papers. They called them the warehouse workers. They spoke differently than the front office workers who spoke differently from the senior executives. And profanity can be a significant signal of group solidarity. So that's the second benefit of swearing at work, social bonding. Now we've been through, number one, a fun, permissive culture, and two, social bonding. The third positive impact is stress relief. We've all personally experienced and probably witnessed people in highly stressful situations, whether it's mental or physical, letting off steam by swearing. This phenomenon is common in the workplace where employees talk about verbally letting off steam or expressing their anger and frustration through profanity. It was noted that profanity may be a cathartic mechanism for coping with emotional work. I hadn't thought of it quite like that before, but sometimes swearing can feel cathartic. I immediately think of physicians working in an emergency department, for example, extremely emotional and stressful work, probably letting off steam and perhaps with profanity. I recently had a conversation with a friend who's a firefighter and he told me they do this too. So that's the third advantage, letting off steam. We've covered establishing a fun and permissive culture, social bonding, and now stress relief the fourth and last benefit of using profanity in the workplace is identity formation. This is an interesting one. Research shows that at an interpersonal level, swearing and profanity is sometimes used to get attention, to emphasize an important point, to persuade, or to establish a sense of urgency. Of course, when people use profanity, especially when we're not used to it, we stand up to attention, don't we? People also use profanity to convey authority. This shows up when power is imbalanced, and for example, in some gender differences. Interestingly, the research indicates that swearing was reported as beneficial to female executives who wanted to demonstrate assertiveness and earn respect in male-dominated environments. Talk about identity formation. This stuff is fascinating to me. In mixed company, men swear less and women swear more. It's like we're accommodating the other with our language in order to gain approval, ooh. So those are the four arguments for swearing. Swearing and using profanity can establish a more fun and permissive culture, it can contribute to social bonding, it can relieve stress, and it can serve in terms of identity formation. So, are you convinced? Are you ready to start swearing more at work? Hold on, let me share with you the arguments against swearing, the cons of using profanity. Even after accounting for some of the myths associated with profanity, like I'm thinking about the myth that people will believe you have a weaker vocabulary if you resort to using profanity, that's simply not true. The research shows that people who use profanity typically have a broader, more expansive vocabulary. That said, there are many, many, I would say, very compelling reasons why you should not use profanity at work. According to the research, the specific reasons why we should not use profanity, the specific negative outcomes include a perception of lack of respect, a lack of leadership skills, lack of control, the potential to create conflict, and generally to degrade your own image, a negative perception. In addition to also all of this, there's also research that shows, despite what I mentioned before about the benefit of profanity in terms of a stress relief, using profanity can also increase stress. Research shows that even when profanity is not directed at someone or extremely offensive, it can generate increased stress. Furthermore, if it is abusive and directed at someone specifically, well, they'll be definitely less motivated to work. And in a more extreme case, they may bring a lawsuit against the organization. There was a specific case mentioned in the research where a manager described his personal assistant as being an intolerable on a Monday morning she immediately resigned, sued for constructive dismissal, and won. So the cons, the disadvantages and reasons why we should not use profanity include the perception of a lack of respect, a lack of leadership skills, a lack of control, creating conflict, generally degrading the image of the person using the profanity, increasing stress, decreasing motivation, and as I said, in extreme situations, ensuing litigation. Well, That's pretty compelling to me. Where do you stand now on this question of, is it okay to swear at work? Here's your quick summary. Three myths about swearing. Profanity doesn't relieve pain. Wrong. Profanity is always harmful and negative. Wrong. Using profanity indicates you have a limited vocabulary or low IQ. Wrong. Now you know better. And the four benefits of using profanity? It establishes a positive culture. It helps with social bonding, it can provide stress relief, and it can provide an opportunity for identity formation. And the disadvantages or negative impacts, if you swear, you might suffer from a lack of respect, a lack of leadership skills, a lack of control, you might create conflict, you might increase stress, you might decrease motivations, and you might get sued. So, here's where I stand. Certainly, in most cases, And in particular, in the presence of customers or clients, profanity should be discouraged. Let's say virtually banned. As I said at the very beginning, I'll save it for the rare occasions when I need it. This is now the rule in our house. What about you? I'd love to hear what you think. There are several ways that you can contact me. You can message me on LinkedIn. Please connect with me if we're not connected there already. Or you could go to the TalkAboutTalk.com website and leave me a voicemail message and I'd love to hear your voice. Or you could fill out the contact form in the About section on the TalkAboutTalk.com website. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and talk soon.